This isn't just an internal thing. This is something that is contributing to the bigger global crisis and helps define the strategy. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It's brilliant to have you here. Now, I do like to start an episode with a little shout out to some of the listeners who are kind enough to take the time to post a review of the show. And I've got a shout out to do today. Huge thank you to R.S. Sanchez from the USA for your five star rev- rev- rating even on Apple Podcasts. RS, you have kindly said that you really enjoy the show and that no matter what level of e-commerce expertise or where you are in your career, there is plenty to learn from every episode. Well, my hope is that this is going to be another of those episodes where you guys can learn a lot wherever you are in your business size, wherever you are in your business journey. Because in this episode, we're going deep into how a big successful brand is getting on the path to sustainability, how a massive brand in the furniture and lifestyle sector have taken their first steps and how they've done it as a way that any size of business can do it. And we've got a sustainability expert on to take us through how they've taken that path to share Uh, some quick wins, to share the process to go through, to share some of the things you should make sure you do to have the biggest impact the fastest, both on your business and on the planet too. We'll be talking about the whole remit of sustainability, not just the eco part. And it's just a really inspiring, interesting chat. Now, there is one little caveat, which is there's a bit of rustling going on in the audio. It's not that distracting. It's definitely not so distracting. You don't want to grab the content, but there is a little bit of rustling. So please bear with us with the rustling. I took the decision that we should continue despite the rustling because what our guest is sharing is just such brilliant, brilliant insight. So forgive me for that audio decision. And please do listen to the end of the episode so you don't miss out on my guest's top tips, which are frequently described as the best bit of the show. And this is no exception to that and my own take on this episode. We're now live with Chloe's e-commerce club, my new free online club where the whole e-commerce master plan audience can come together. The point of the club is to help you all improve your e-commerce businesses, to help you solve your marketing challenges, to get supplier recommendations, learn new tactics and much more. We're starting simple and focusing on that core of helping us all get through this challenging year, but we've got lots lined up for the coming months and I'm sure we'll add more things based on your needs and feedback. It really is a club all about you and supporting your business. And yes, I will personally be hanging out in the club Monday to Friday. Friday to help you. So how can you join me in the club? Well, just go to ecmp.info forward slash club. It's totally free to join. So come and join me and hundreds of our listeners at ecmp.info forward slash club. 
And now to introduce today's special guest. Miri Christie is a brand and marketing director turned sustainability consultant who's been helping furniture and lifestyle brand Oka to not only become a more sustainable business, but also to inspire their customers to create sustainable homes. Oka was founded in 1999 and now sells via their Magento site, magazines and showrooms across both the UK and USA. Hello, Miri. Oh, hello, Chloe. Really nice to see you today and to be joining. Thank you for inviting me. Brilliant to have you here. I think that we we hear often from a lot of startups who are on the sustainability journey, but for a business that's been around for more than 20 years to embark on it is a whole other kettle of fish. So it's brilliant to have you here to get into that. But first off, how did you get into the world of e-commerce? Well, I joined uh, Oka, and it's literally when it started. So, you know, over 20 years ago, and it was a um, very small you know, startup business with three friends, and they decided to build a business on with a, a, a catalog and a, a catalog business. So, magazines and catalogs selling directly to customers, and I really joined them as a marketing PR role. And then, as the business grew, I really expanded to cover so many different areas. I spent. 15 years or so running the marketing team and then more latterly the brand but um, ended up on a very exciting journey but got to kind of really feel and learn all the aspects of a business when it's growing super exciting it must have been a super exciting period to you know to take to see a brand go from nothing to super successful over the over the years yeah, I think also, you know, when you start with a startup and you really don't have, you know, a huge amount of money to spend on any of your activity, you're always thinking out the box how you can come up with creative ideas to find, you know, new ways to promote your brand um, and driving sales. And, and every sale is just a bonus. And it's just exciting every morning coming in and seeing what's been achieved in the previous day, where you go next. It's, it's exhilarating. And then after many years at Oka, you decided to go freelance and become a consultant and specialise in sustainability. So how did that come about? Well, interestingly, as the business grew and, and it ended up um, maturing and being bought by uh, private equity investors um, about four years ago, and with that came questions of ESG, sustainability, whatever one, whichever one anyone wants to term it. But it was the first real conversations that started because obviously our new investors were wanting to know, you know, what the business was doing um, and nothing was kind of formalised. So I went, I essentially ended up holding the hat of, of sustainability because I was super interested in it. I did a course at NYU in, in America, the Centre of Sustainability, which was fascinating with you know, brands such as Nike, Tesla, all the others, and, and learned, you know, a huge amount about an area which I didn't know a lot about. But as such, it gave me the knowledge and, and the help in order to come back to Oka and, and start creating a strategy. So the, the real catalyst for Oka deciding to do this was the private equity investors. Were there other, you know, as this started to be put on the table, were there other reasons why Oka decided to embrace this? Well, strangely enough, I think as the business grew and uh, I always look back at the early days and think, you know, it, it started as a very sustainable business in some respects in terms of covering the, the social side. So the factories, although the factories weren't, you know, 
in the UK and we were working with factories all around the world, we were working very closely with all the suppliers, which means that you had really strong relationships to know how your products were being made, what they were using in terms of materials and responsible materials through to, you know, what the labour and human rights were in those factories. So, you know, it was always um, those building those relationships, which I still see as part of the sustainability side. Lots of people talk about sustainability as very much the kind of environmental impact but actually I see sustainability as covering all areas of the business from the economic the social the governance but you know also the social side and, and you know, the way product is made is is as important as a very important part of the of the discussion. I mean it hugely is but it We seem to have ended up in this space now we've got to 2023 where sustainability has become short code for doing something for the planet. But the real definition of it is much more complicated than that. And actually all those other things you just mentioned that are part of sustainability, you know, they're kind of like a step away from doing good for the planet. Because if you make people's lives better, they'll do better for the planet and, and on we go. To do sustainability completely is a little bit more complicated than just being carbon conscious, isn't it? I would agree with you. And I think, you know, obviously we start talking about the kind of the planet, but also, and particularly for the investors, it was about, you know, for them, it's about reducing risk. So reducing risk for investors, um, protection of the brand reputation. We've seen all the headlines when companies get outed for kind of unsustainable practices. And I think when investors come into a brand, they want to protect you know, every area of the brand. It improves the brand image, I would say, and it gives you potentially a competitive advantage. I think it's a great way to increase productivity, reducing costs. I think most people associate sustainability with a cost as something they need to be, but actually it can be a saving in the business and and make the business more efficient. Um, I'm always really interested by looking, particularly when we looked at things like packaging, which is one of the most important things. I pushed very, very, I was very keen to get a packing technologies. And when we got a packing technologies on board, which is obviously a cost to the business, very quickly you could see that, um, you know, the savings that could be made by going back to the to when the product was originally manufactured and packaged that there were savings for less packaging which meant the product had less packaging when it got shipped in a container there would be you know more product fitting in into the containers so you know less freight costs less greenhouse gas emissions as a result all the way through to when it arrives in 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 the UK in the warehouse less warehouse space and ultimately the effect of the customer gets at the end of the day which is less rubbish to remove and have to dispose of so I think that's a really um, interesting way to kind of see kind of cost savings through the whole life cycle which is which is interesting i think the sustainability also another thing which is is it's increases a business's ability to comply with regulations it's a great way to attract employees and and any potential future investors like i've kind of mentioned i think a lot of the younger potential employees um, wanting to work for sustainable brands and in doing that you can reduce your recruitment costs potentially and you know and value and, and sustainability practices uh, encourage loyalty for for employees which is a good one to, to touch on as well yeah i think it, it it impacts in so many ways for a business and that seems to come out of almost every episode we record now is that the benefit of doing the right thing is not just that you're doing the right thing it's also that recruitments become easier customer recruitments become easier customer retentions become easier money's being saved there's so many good pure business reasons for doing this and then you've got all the great things that happen for the planet as well yeah and and you can attract new customers and now you've 
mentioned a bit about, you know, bringing on new experts to help review the packaging, it impacting on recruiting people. Have you found, um, you know, over the beginning this journey with Oka that the bigger changes have been around people or around things, if I can put it that bluntly? So I think a big part and the big challenge for me at the beginning was to get everybody on board. So getting, uh, first of all, you know, getting the CFO or the finance director, getting getting everybody on board to show and, and to show them, explain why we're doing it, um, why we want to do it. It started with a whole piece about stakeholder engagement. So whether it's the senior management, the, the senior leadership team, who is responsible, making sure that it's discussed on the board, on an agenda at a board level, that it's regularly discussed is a very good start. But I think within the, you've got the senior management, you've then got the employees. So gathering momentum from employees who want, who are going to be implementing your strategy is really critical. So, you know, groups um, within the business internal sustainability groups that talking about it, uh, I think is very important. But, but also the other side is, is suppliers. So talking to suppliers about your ambitions, what you're doing, encouraging them, supporting them. So it's very much about, you know, having those conversations with them, which I think is fascinating because you learn a whole lot more about suppliers when you start going down talking about discussions that maybe we've you know you might never have had with them you know how do they tackle this issue it's collaboration it's a lot about collaborations and actually we ended up asking customers too what were their views we looked at different customers you know business uh, trade customers other types of customers we talked to everybody to get all the views of what was important for the business which is was a piece of work called a materiality assessment once we'd worked out what was important then we could and, and had everybody's buy-in it was about embedding the strategy into the business so that it's not just a bolt on that's a thing that's there in the background and ticking boxes it really is what everybody's doing on a day-to-day basis and seeing it as important for the business so a materiality assessment was is that the first thing you recommend anyone does is to to do to find out what's important to the to the team in the business what's important to the customers and so forth before doing anything else yeah, it's a great place to start. You know, so many people say to me, where do we start? And by doing a materiality as- assessment, what you're doing is looking at all the material elements that are, are topics that are important to a business like yours. And they, they can be, you know, up to 15 or so. And they can cover anything from your human and labour rights to your data privacy and cyber security, responsible marketing, how you um, manage your waste, all the way through to, you know, employee engagements, developments, community engagement development. So you can't do everything. You know, most businesses have got limited resources. You can't expect to do anything. So work out by speaking to your your stakeholders what the very high priority items are. So out of those, you'll end up with, with all being important, but you can narrow down the top three or four to focus on. And once you've got those, it's about looking at, you know, creating a vision for the for your business. So, you know, where is it you want to go? And then building out some, some pillars and a strategy which has goals attached to all those different material topics. So bit by bit, you know, you start with all the topics, prioritise which ones are important. You create pillars. I wanted to make it really easy for anybody to understand. So we came up with, you know, the people part. Then we had the kind of the, the planet side which was obviously equally important but you and, and the product side so we split it out into three very simple pillars so people would understand 
where we were and then each of the leadership team would have accountability for goals within there and the goals that we set we aligned to the bigger global strategy which I think is a really good thing to do so the United Nations Global Compact and the Sustainable Development Goals which is a kind of the biggest thing there is to a kind of global strategy there are 17 different goals but you don't have to do them all you can pick out the ones that are relevant to your business and what you can contribute to and I think by putting it into that framework it helps everybody to realize that this isn't just an internal bit thing this is something that is is contributing to bigger global crisis and you know helps define the strategy does that make sense that makes total sense I think a lot of brands are scared to tell their customer base what they're doing on the route to sustainability to be they're scared to be actively transparent to use a brilliant phrase I've stolen from Giles Smith of the Sustainable E-Commerce podcast. Got a, got a reference, Giles, every time I use it. But so many brands are scared to be actively transparent and share their journey. I think a lot would be scared to ask their customers at that very first take. So have you got any words of advice for those who are too scared to ask the customers in order to realise what's important in order to build the right plan for their business? I think for, for um, the customers, we did it through a survey and a, a few interviews. I think it's about, you know, we know that the cus- a lot of customers, A, they, they just need to understand very clear questions of what you're wanting. That Most of them will, will tell you that the packaging is the most critical thing. More and more it's about sustainable sourcing of, of materials, so where are things made. You don't have to ask all your customers. Take a sample of some of your loyal customers. Reach out to them. We did by email, had a conversation with them. Were they happy to? An incentive, you know, a, a voucher or something for them if they want to partake. And actually what you find is that they really want, they, they love being asked. <laughs> they do love being asked that for their opinion. Um, and it, it brought back some really interesting commentary from them. And, you know, we were understanding what's, what's important. And I think it also allowed them an opportunity to ask questions to us as well. So it opened up a dialogue, which I think is never a bad thing with your customers. Oh, never a bad thing. Um, so that was a that was an excellent answer. Thank you, Miri. And I mean, you you've done this with Oki. You're doing it with other brands as well. What's the you know, if someone wants to start and they want to make a big change fast, what's the biggest impact for the least amount of effort you've seen you've seen brands make in sustainability? If I can put it that bluntly, I think every business will have different priorities. So I think the biggest impact that we probably have had is probably on the packaging side, because it was something that everybody was very aware of. And there are other things that we, we've done alongside it, which is we've joined the United Nations Global Compact, which is an amazing organisation, which, which is supporting people on their journey and has lots of information. But, it, but it's allowed, I think it's, it's allowed us to talk to internally to employees about other organisations that we're involved in. And I think given us an opportunity to be able to talk about it setting for example you know most people don't know what their impact is because they don't know they're not measuring their greenhouse gas emissions so you know is that a good place to start it puts disciplines in the business which you have to learn the data collection side but actually benchmarking where you are you then know where you need to get to so by benchmarking what the emissions were for particularly for a small business so um, SMEs for the science-based targets 
set goals just for scope one and scope two, which is somewhat easier than the scope three, which is, is much more complicated. And I think in doing that, you can set your target for where you want to be for 2030, aligned to the bigger global strategy. So I think by learning what your impact is by doing either quarterly or annual scope one and scope two emissions is a good place to start. Um, the biggest impact, we've had community engagement development working with charities, so working with the Trussell Trust. Most recently, we started to work with Women's Aid, which is a great charity, given that our business was founded by three women. And everybody in the business has been able to get involved in raising money and doing lots of different activities. So it generated quite a lot of interest in the business, which I think has been really positive too. In terms of one single, the packaging probably is the one that gets you know, everybody excited because they can actually see things really changing. I love all those things you've done, but I think there's, there is an impact of people seeing it and seeing progress to get people motivated at the beginning of the journey to get things happening and getting everyone bought in, to have something so visible Apart from the fact, you know, it has all those benefits you mentioned as well. It has to be, it has to be a good idea. And have you got a last piece of advice for anyone who's considering going on the journey? Any, any last tips to help them get there clearer, faster, better, etc.? I think I would say don't be scared to start it. Don't be intimidated by it. There's a lot of people out there who would like to help. There are a lot of organisations. It doesn't need to be done immediately it is about starting the journey building it up slowly you know really what the really important things that are going to make the difference in doing this you find little nuggets which were amazing i i will remember forever a conversation i had about 20 years ago i went to see a, a factory in india with the three founders of oka and it was one of the most amazing things at that time seeing the workmanship they did probably didn't as my role developed into marketing etc i probably didn't have any much more kind of contact with them but i rang them up um, in the last year and said to them this is what we're doing on sustainability. Can you tell us what you're doing or would you like to hear what we're doing? And they literally opened up and told me all these incredible stuff that they're doing. So they make rugs for us. They were out in, they go out to the temples every day and sweep up all the leaves so that they can use the dyes to, you know, to, to make the rugs without any toxic dye. They make furniture where they're keeping every element of, of any waste in the production and they're using it to create fast so that in rainy seasons they can dry the fabrics. They were already looking after doing educating projects in their village for children um, and, and, and various things and it just struck me from my marketing background that all of this I wanted to send somebody out there to photograph and film and let them talk about this because I think that kind of information for the customer to be able to see is just so exciting to be able to have that transparency and to hear what is happening the other side of the world which is really we're all on the journey together so open up to people who you may have worked with for years and years but never had the conversations ask them what they're doing support each other this will only happen if everybody's working together and supporting each other e-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector here's a reminder of who they are This episode is brought to you by Tidio, the top-rated customer service platform on Shopify. Tidio enables you to manage all your communication channels in one dashboard, making it super easy for your support team to handle all customer inquiries. 
Tidio AI helps you automate more than 40% of support responses and increases your sales by recommending products and offering discounts to your website visitors. Increase customer satisfaction and sales with personalised shopping experiences. Visit ecmp.info forward slash Tidio, that's T-I-D-I-O, and start using Tidio now. Plus, get an exclusive discount for e-commerce masterplan podcast listeners by using the promo code masterplan. Do you, like me, have a bit of a software tools habit? Well, I love a good tool and the impact it can have on my business. For me, a good tool is one that solves a problem we have, that can save me and my team time, that improves performance and where the price is 100% worth it. That's why I've always got an eye on the latest tools to appear on AppSumo. Not heard of it? AppSumo is a site where you can buy key software tools for your business once and own them forever. For example, we use a tool I bought from AppSumo in 2020 for $49 to schedule all our Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook posts. In fact, whilst creating and promoting this very episode, me and the team will have used at least 10 tools I've bought from AppSumo. I'm a big fan. So go on, check out what's on offer right now by going to ecmp.info forward slash AppSumo. That's ecmp.info slash A-P-P-S-U-M-O. And I bet you'll find a brilliant solution for at least one of your problems. Go to ecmp.info forward slash AppSumo. It's time for the Top Tips Round. Okay, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So, Miri, are you ready for the top tips? Yes. Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? So interestingly, I am reading a book at the moment, which is actually written by a friend of mine's father, but it's called How to Be the Chief Executive of Your Own Life by a guy called Mike Wilson. It's very different, but his energy and it's just a, it's almost like a, a self-help work-life balance autobiography and how to build a successful business all in one got humor wisdom humility and you know I struggle with the work-life balance I'm a mum with children a wife trying to run it all so I love inspiring stories of how how people learn to do that and do it well I love that this sounds like the book that ticks every box <laughs> Um, <laughs> excellent. Okay. The traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? This is an interesting one because, you know, with my background of, of uh, marketing, I'm always wanting to, you know, look at the customer, always, you know, looking at different opportunities for thinking outside the box to get new customers. And I used to love doing that in the early days of Oka. And what could you get that was, you know, on brand, but unexpected and might be, you know, less expensive? However, I think from a, with my sustainability hat on, it's about collaboration. So particularly with, with a sustainability, I think opens up, you know, loads of opportunities for collaboration. And in doing that, you're opening up new audiences for your brand. Um, and I think if it's done well, I think it's brilliant. Not so good if it's not done so well, I have to say. <laughs> So true. But yeah, I, I, I love the fact you, you brought up that collaborative element again, because I have to say, like you, I found people in the sustainability space are so eager to help. Yeah. And so eager to, to help us all along this journey. Um, it's, it's a lovely, a lovely group of humans to get involved with. 
Okay, the tool top tip. Maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? On this one, I mean, I guess, you know, the biggest revolution, it's going to sound slightly boring because I don't use any kind of fancy, particular fancy apps or anything, but having worked for many years just, you know, in kind of old school, um, the biggest revolution for me was it was Teams, SharePoint, being able to kind of share and communicate in, it, you know, particularly it was really brought on by COVID, uh, of how effectively you can do that and share and edit documents and everything. I mean, everybody will be using it now, but it, it's been a life changer for me um, because I work from home a lot, because I'm juggling, add, added to the fact that I have three children and somehow their school seems to be on Teams too so when I'm not flipping between what I've got on Teams I'm flipping into their accounts to see what homework they've got to do so Microsoft Teams all the way (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay the growth top tip then if you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1000 what would be your number one tip for them I mean, obviously, again, I go down the kind of data capture segmenting your file, but I know that lots of people talk about that. So from my, from my brand hat, um, good imagery. So good imagery for your product, good styling, invest in it. If your, if your product needs explanation, good videos, really, really important, especially if you're creating a brand. I think it's always been something that at the heart of Ochre in the early days, all the way through, you know, I, I was, I cre- helped create all the magazines, um, all the way through. And it was always about, you know, making it look on brand and, and, you know, imagery was, was critical. And I think just talking about what I was talking about earlier, where, being able to look at imagery that maybe what the factory's doing out in the Far East and being able to tell those stories, I think is, is you know, even adds another level onto, particularly when you're work, working with brands, of how things are made, um, how, they, how they're designed and, and, you know, who's in those process, I think is, is you know, hugely, hugely valuable. Yeah, I would I would totally second that. Hard to track, but so impactful. Miri, before we say goodbye, could you let listeners know first off where they can find Ochre if they want to go and check out what they're up to? Yep, Ochre can be found at ochre.com. All the details, all the new new stores opening throughout the US um, and also in the UK and the, the website and everything else you need to know. Excellent. And um, Miri, you, as we mentioned earlier, you are now a sustainability consultant start helping brands start their journey. So if anyone wants to um, to have a chat with you or get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to find out a bit more about what you're up yeah, to? Yeah, uh, great. Thank you. It's uh, I'm on LinkedIn as Miri Christie or my email is Miri, M-I-R-R-Y, Christie, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E at hotmail.co.uk. Look forward to hearing from anybody. Simple as that, everybody. Miri, thank you so much for coming on. You have um, hopefully inspired many of our audience to take the first step or take the next step on their sustainability journey. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking to us. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it. So thank you for bearing with the slight little bit of rustling in that interview. I think you'll agree, definitely worth it for the amazing tips and advice there from Mary. She is clearly an expert on helping brands get started with their journey to sustainability. And for me, a couple of key, key, key things to take out of that. First of all, do your materiality assessment. 
That's talk to the stakeholders, talk to the customers, talk to your suppliers, work out where you're at and which sustainability changes are going to make the most difference in your business. And yes, that does mean which your customers are going to appreciate you doing the most, which your team are going to appreciate you doing the most, both because that's going to help your business, which is going to help you become more sustainable in the future. And also because you're going to start creating that positive momentum with all the people involved in what you do. And then second, which is quite closely linked, I think, but it's the collaborative nature of it all. You know, work with people. The sustainability space is incredibly collaborative, uh, incredibly helpful, because fundamentally we're all aiming at the same end point. We're all aiming on improving the planet and all the rest of those sustainability aims. So ask the questions, open the conversations up with people and do collaborate because you will get there an awful lot faster, an awful lot easier, and an awful lot more successfully too. Now you can get your hands on our notes from today's show, including the top tips and links to those key things that Mary was mentioning by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com or just put ECMP, short for ecommercemasterplan.info forward slash whatever the number of this episode is into the URL bar and you will go straight to the correct episode page. That's ecmp.info forward slash episode number. Once you get to the website, please do add yourself to our email list because then you won't miss out on any of the many other things I share to help you improve your business. Lots coming up in the near future via the email list. Now, if you liked this episode, then make sure you check out episode 421, where I'm talking to another huge brand about how they've been embracing sustainability. In that episode, it's global fashion brand Bowden. And if you too are on Magento, you can find all our Magento interviews via ecmp.info forward slash Magento. Thank you so much for tuning in to this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners to succeed and thrive with their businesses, including progressing along the path to net zero. So if you know someone this show can help, please tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a great week and don't forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. Don't miss out. It's time you joined Chloe's e-commerce club, our free club that's all about helping you grow your e-commerce store. Join right now for free at ecmp.info forward slash club.